Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh. Our guest is David Sanford. CEO, Grace Med Health Clinic. Welcome to Issues 2017. Thank you, Steve. I was looking at your website, and I learned that Grace Med has been around since 1977. Uh, give us some history, can you, please? Well, certainly. Uh, the ministry was started at St. Paul United Methodist Church, and like most nonprofits, it was started by some good-hearted people that saw a need in the community for health care for the indigent and the homeless. And so they started a volunteer clinic at St. Paul United Methodist Church two nights a week, and that was kind of the humble beginning of the effort to uh, make sure that everyone has access to quality health care. Two nights a week. Wow. That's correct, yeah. Huh, that is, that's a humble beginning. So exactly how do you explain well, what is Grace Med for those of us who may not know? Well, there will be no test on this, but Grace Med is what they call a federally qualified health center, and that means that we do receive some federal and state funding to help cover the cost of care for the uninsured, but uh, we're also a, a patient-centered medical home, uh, much like you're going to your own family practice doctor where they're addressing all the various health care issues that a person has. Uh, we're not an urgent care clinic. We want to be that health care home for patients to come on a regular basis. So, and specifically, you mentioned a little bit about a financing, but do you you got to pay the bills. you got to keep the lights going. Uh, how do you do that? Just is it all with grants, or how do you work that? No, it's uh, we're very fortunate that we do see people that have Medicaid and Medicare and private insurance. That's one thing that very few people understand is that we'll – provide care for anybody who walks through the door. And then our main focus is to make sure that people that have no health insurance have a place to access quality care. And uh, we believe that every patient should have some skin in the game, and so everyone pays something on a sliding fee scale based upon their income. And uh, unlike a lot of nonprofits, we do uh, raise donations privately from the community. We've done that primarily to uh, address capital needs, buildings, equipment, that type of thing. But on an ongoing basis, uh, the revenue that we receive through sliding fee scale, insurance, and the federal grants uh, allows us to be sustainable year after year. So how many clinics do you operate in Wichita? We have 12 clinics in Wichita. Uh, last year we expanded to Topeka and took over the federally qualified health center there. And then just in May we opened up a new clinic in McPherson, Kansas. Wow. So you're expanding, huh? We are. I think in Wichita with our 12 clinics plus our other partners, we have plenty of places for people that live in Wichita to access care. But the one challenge that we remain in Kansas is to get into those rural areas where they really lack health care. As you well know, a lot of hospitals are closing. Physicians are moving out of small rural communities. And we want to do the reverse. We want to see if we can't provide some business model that would allow us to be sustainable in rural Kansas as well. You know, and I, I drove by a Grace Med Clinic last night. I was going, where was I going? I was going to uh, Farhaw, Clinic, uh, the Farhaw yeah. Center down south to my grandson's basketball game. And there's a Grace Med Clinic right there. Yeah, we opened that clinic in April. Uh, we had great collaboration with the YMCA, starting with Dennis Schoenenbeck uh, when he was still the executive director. And uh, that story is based upon the fact that Dennis uh, had a piece of land down on the South Campus that was too narrow for a soccer field. 
<laughs> Otherwise, he'd, he'd have that place full. But uh, the Y Board graciously gave us that land to build the clinic on. That's down on South Meridian. That's correct. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, how many patients do the clinics help? Last year, we saw a little over 41,000 unduplicated patients uh, among all of our 15 clinics. And 15,000 of those are people that were completely uninsured, had no health insurance uh, support at all. You say, what was that term you used? Uh, duplicated? What does that yeah, mean? Yeah, unduplicated, unduplicated means duplicated, yeah, unduplicated. So. Yeah, that means uh, it's not like one person coming in multiple times turning deer. These are individual patients. And uh, we serve about one out of every 10 uh, residents of Wichita through a Grace Med Clinic for some level of service. Wow. That's quite a statement. One out of 10. That's correct. Uh-huh. You're doing a lot of work. <laughs> we do. <laughs> who are your staff? Who are, who are the people who actually do the heavy lifting here? Well, it's, it's interesting. When I tell people about community health centers, a lot of them ask, are you a real clinic with real doctors? And the answer is absolutely yes. We have uh, licensed physicians, mid-level providers, dentists, uh, optometrist, uh, a podiatrist is joining us in another week. These are all licensed practitioners that provide great quality care. Mm. Yeah, just not people that's to somebody who shows up with a stethoscope and looks official. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I've tried that a few times. It doesn't quite work. Doesn't work. <laughs> Sooner or later, they, they're going to find you out. That's right. Now, are there limits to what kinds of services or procedures that can be offered at Grace Med? Well, there's really no limit, but from a financial perspective, we obviously uh, aren't able to provide specialty care. If someone comes to Grace Med and they're diagnosed with, uh, say, cancer, breast cancer, we obviously have to refer those off to a, a private physician in Wichita to provide that level of care. And as I'm sure you know, we're very fortunate in this community to have, through the Medical Society Project Access, where over 600 private physicians are providing some level of pro bono care for uninsured residents. You have just uh, reminded me of uh, one of the issue shows that I've done in the past uh, on, the, on project, what is it, Project Access? Project Access, uh-huh. Yeah, and you reminded me that it's about time for me to talk to them again because they do, as I recall, they do some really good work. There are doctors and nurses out there who really want to help. And they've had a change in leadership uh, both at the Medical Society and at Project Access, so, yeah, it would be good timing for that. Good timing. Yeah, all right. Um, so when you find out somebody needs specialized care, what do you do? Just uh, refer them, and uh, or uh, what, how do you do that then? Well, through Project Access, uh, we actually have a, a worker in our clinic that helps coordinate care for those folks who've been referred to private doctors. And uh, if you live in Sedgwick County and if you're a legal resident, you qualify for Project Access. Now, you might imagine that we see a lot of people who live outside Sedgwick County, uh, we have people coming from over 100 zip codes throughout south-central Kansas. And then we also uh, don't want to get on the immigration issue, but we also see a lot of people who walk through our door that are not legal residents of the United States. And in those cases, when we don't have project access to rely upon, we go back to the old system of begging some of our best physician friends to see people either on a reduced or a pro bono basis. Sometimes I think that we, the public will get the opinion that uh, that their doc- doctors are just people who are looking to make the most money they can possibly make, and it's it's simply not the case. If no, you're a good it, doctor, especially a good doctor, you want to treat people. You absolutely. want to do what you do. No, we have a wonderful medical community, and uh, one thing people may not understand is, you know, every physician has a business model they have to follow. They have to generate a certain amount of revenue to pay their bills, and so that really dictates 
perhaps how many uninsured and uh, Medicaid, Medicare patients they can see? I would. I think uh, sometimes, David, that the, the average person, I, I really didn't know the difference between Medicare and Medicaid until I approached retirement age, <laughs> yeah. until my mother needed to have some, some services. Explain, if you will, just basically the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Well, Medicare obviously is for those of us, including myself, who are now a senior adult, and it's uh, government health insurance that covers most all uh, issues of health care. And, and I pay for that in my, my paycheck. You do, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you've I, been paying for that your entire working career. Right. Okay, so and now, Medicaid is a little different because uh, – go ahead. You explain it. Well, Medicaid in the state of Kansas is called CanCare. And we have a very Spartan Medicaid program in Kansas. Uh, it covers very few people. It's either low-income children uh, whose parents make under 100, under 200 percent of federal poverty level. It's uh, people that are disabled, adults and children, and then it's pregnant women. But uh, beyond that, it's a very Spartan program and not uh, near as many people as I believe should be covered are covered. Well, who should be covered then? Uh, well, with the Affordable Care Act, you know... It's your opinion, but go ahead. Yeah. The Affordable Care Act, as you know, originally was intended to cover anybody that, that uh, made below 130% of federal poverty level in income. And in the state of Kansas, that would be an, an extra 150,000 people that would be covered by Medicaid in this state if we had chosen to expand Medicaid. And as you know... The overwhelming majority of Kansans believe that we should expand Medicaid, but there was one person in a very vital role that decided, no, we are not going to do that. Hmm, wonder who that was. <laughs> in addition to uh, medical services, uh, you also offer dental care. We do. Tell me about dental care. Well, again, to be a patient-centered medical home, we believe in holistic care. And so in addition to medical, we provide dental, vision, and we're uh, now starting a behavioral health program. We believe that a person coming to one location should have access to all those services rather than being uh, sent to a different silo on a different day with a different intake process. And so once we have a person in our clinic, we want to make sure we're providing all the services they need for good health. Talk, talk a little bit, expand on behavioral. Well, that, that was interesting. That caught my attention. Yeah, mental health and substance yeah. abuse services. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's a tremendous focus right now on the op opioid uh, epidemic in the United States, substance abuse. And so I think a lot of us are really focusing on that service to make sure that we are providing some service for folks who are going through that difficulty. Yeah, and the police are seeing now people on the streets that uh, have some problems that I don't think they've ever seen before. Oh, absolutely. They're running into some real uh, interesting situations out there. What about facilities uh, for those folks who are really having mental problems? Do we have enough in Kansas? Seems we, like we're always trying to close one down and we've only got one left or something. You that's know? right. Well, <laughs> you know, we're fortunate to have a number of, of really quality mental health organizations in Wichita, including ComCare, uh, Mental Health Association of Southeast Kansas. And uh, they do a great job, but they don't have enough resources. The funding for mental health services has been decreasing steadily over the last several years. And uh, at a time when we actually need more counselors out there to work with people who have mental health illnesses. Now, what exactly what are you seeing with regard to opioids? Well, we I mean, obviously we're getting some real horror stories now out of other states and other locations. What are we seeing here? Well, we have the same thing here. Yeah, you know, people getting hooked uh, when they've had maybe a uh, an injury and they start taking pain medication and then they get hooked on it. We see those stories every day in our clinic, and people are reaching out for help, wanting to know where they can go. 
And in the state of Kansas, we just don't have a lot of funding for addiction centers for both short-term and long-term therapy. Um, it's a real challenge for, for Kansans. Tell me about uh, prescription, uh, prescription drugs. How do you handle that? Well, we're fortunate to have a federal program called 340B, and uh, with our partners in the community, Consumers Pharmacy, the Walgreens, and Professional Pharmacy, our patients who receive a script from a GraceMed provider can go in and purchase their pharmaceuticals at a significantly discounted price to try to make it more affordable. And we also use a prescription assistance program where some pharmaceutical companies continue with qualifications to uh, provide free drugs to our patients. You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is David Sanford, CEO, GraceMed Health Clinic. Uh, Tell me about uh, GraceMed Spiritual Care. Well, as a Christ-centered ministry of the United Methodist Church, we believe that if we really are providing holistic care to a person, we need to address not only the physical and mental, but also the spiritual aspect of a person. So we have a chaplain on staff. uh, We have providers that are trained to... uh, Uh, work with our patients who have an interest in spiritual things. Uh, Most of our providers are asking our patients uh, at the end of their medical visit if they would like to pray about something. We're trying to, again, address more than just the physical care. We're trying to address some of the other issues that a person's facing in life as well. I'm uh, I'm usually asked this question or something about about, uh, my interviewee at the beginning of the past. How did you get involved in this? Where did you come from? You well, didn't I'm do from, this all, all your life, I know. No, I, I'm from Wichita. I graduated from Wichita East and KU, and my wife and I were away for 25 years, primarily working for medical manufacturing companies in the sales and marketing and customer service areas. And uh, in uh, 1998, my mother began to have dementia, and so my wife and I moved back to Wichita from Atlanta, Georgia. We both quit and left our jobs and came back to Wichita unemployed and uh, began to, to pray that God would provide the right place for me. And uh, so I'm, I'm coming home, and the thing I, I really appreciate is the fact I've been able to give back to the community I was raised in. you got a lot of courage. <laughs> well, <laughs> No jobs, but here we go. That's right. Ah, I don't think I could do that. So uh, I, I admire you for that. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, you recently wrote an op-ed piece for the Wichita Eagle, which I found to be very interesting, uh, and the title, Improve Don't Gut Health Care Law. Uh, we'd like you, we want you to uh, uh, please share some of your thoughts. First, talk about Medicaid, what you were sharing in the op-ed piece. All right. Um, well, again, I, I really respect what Senator Moran said on the floor of the Senate, and that's why I cited him so much in that article, because he's trying to take this issue out of the, the purely political arena and look at some common-sense solutions to addressing the cost of health care. Now, when it comes to Medicaid, the proposed legislation in both the House and the Senate would significantly strip Medicaid uh, uh, expenses, uh, and they would put in a block grant back to each state the ability to uh, fund Medicaid programs. But we certainly understand that that's the federal government's attempt to try to stymie or to uh, hold the cost of Medicaid expansion and Medicaid costs. At the same time, that legislation would have a tremendous negative impact on Kansans. Uh, When you think about the number of people in Kansas, uh, folks that are in the disability community, folks that are still on that waiting list at the state to be qualified for Medicaid, it would have a tremendous impact uh, on Kansas. We estimate that probably 120,000 Kansans uh, might very well lose Medicaid. 
you uh, quoted a few ideas, but as you said, put forward by uh, Senator Moran, including more competition in health insurance providers. Tell me about that. Well, currently we have we're bound by state lines and, and state regulations, and uh, I think many politicians have believed if we can allow insurance companies to cross state lines, increase that risk pool. Uh, within their insurance plan that they could drive the cost of health care down. How about uh, support for community health centers? Well, Which obviously I'm... somebody like you. <laughs> that's right. It's kind of selfish. Isn't it? yeah, well, <laughs> well, that's why I cited Senator Moran is because he is a strong advocate of community health centers, and he has stated any number of times that the federal and the state investment in community health centers, particularly for the underserved and the uninsured, is the best business model the highest level of stewardship, and also the greatest, uh, most positive health outcomes for people that come to community health centers. So if a person just, they don't know about you, they walk into an emergency room, uh, will an emergency room at one of our hospitals ever refer to Grace Med then and somebody like that? They do. We have a formal program, particularly with Via Christi here and with Stormontville and uh, uh, another hospital in Topeka, where their emergency room case managers will Obviously, they have to treat the person when they walk in the door, but they try to give them information and even a voucher to go to Grace Med for a follow-up visit. Hmm. Now, they talked about also in the op-ed piece, allowing small business coverage pools. This seems like a great idea to me. It is, and I think WEBA has done that in the past. I'm not sure what their status is today, but, you know, as a member of, of the Independent Business Association, we see all these small employers that can't afford the cost of health insurance for their employees it's just not part of their, their business plan. And if somehow, again, we could allow small businesses to pool their employees all into one group, then certainly we could drive down the cost of health insurance for each one of them. Also mentioned more money for research. Tell me about that. Well, I, I really took my cue again from Senator Moran on that, that uh, he believes the National Institutes of Health, if we continue to fund efforts to try to solve, uh, uh, find cures for cancer and some other debilitating diseases, uh, even di- diabetes type 2. Uh, what can we do to uh, go upstream and to find what the causes are to introduce prevention programs and try to reduce the cost of health care and improve health outcomes? You know, I just, uh, you mentioned uh, dementia, and it triggered the uh, thought that I just uh, recently, uh, a very good friend of mine passed away from Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and it just it seems like every couple of years I find somebody else. This is this an epidemic? Is it, I mean, this is Alzheimer's thing, dementia. Is this what's going on here? Well, I think it is. As as we baby boomers age into retirement and older age, um, it's just going to be more prevalent. And in, in almost every day, you pick up the paper and you see that people are living to be in their nineties and hundreds. And it's going to be a more prevalent disease that really needs some some answers from a, a cure perspective. I'd really like to see somebody just drop the house on that thing and really get going on. Absolutely. It. Oh. How can we uh, drive down prescription drug costs? Well, I think, uh, again, the federal government probably has to take a real hard look at at the pricing policies for pharmaceutical companies. Um, You know, when you look at some other countries, uh, we know a lot of folks in America purchase drugs from Canada, from Mexico, from other places where we don't have the high premiums on drug cost. And so... Something needs to be done to make sure that the pharmaceutical companies are rewarded for their research and uh, have a profit for their shareholders. But so many times, um, and it makes the news regularly, you know, these pharmaceutical companies are really sticking it to the consumers. Yeah, some of these drug costs seem outrageous. 
especially it seems for people who have really bad illnesses. Absolutely. Of course, you've got to have a, a good drug to treat it. I know that. How about, uh, what about bringing on more doctors? What's, what's going on there? That's a real challenge. Uh, one of the biggest challenges Grace Med has, and, it's, and we're not alone, it's uh, the hospitals that run clinics, uh, rural health centers. We have more doctors retiring uh, than we have new doctors being graduated. And so that's one thing the feds could do is to increase funding for graduate education for, for uh, doctors. Uh, there are a lot of young people graduating from medical school that don't have a slot to go into their residency program. And so we really need to look at the entire system and find a way to both uh, attract and retain good physicians. And then, of course, the cost of medical schools. Almost everybody who graduates as a physician has six figures of debt. And uh, there are some programs like at Grace Med where some of their uh, loans can be forgiven, but uh, that's not the general rule for most of the graduating physicians. Mm. Uh, In your opinion, is adequate health care for Americans a right or a privilege? You know, that's, that's a great question because I also read an editorial that had appeared in the Wichita Eagle by a gentleman who said that that's really not the right question. Um, you know, it, it's not so much whether it's a right because I believe most Americans believe that everyone should have access to quality health care. And if we believe that, then the challenge is in the logistics of how we do that, uh, whether it's changing the current system where people are have health insurance through private employers, uh, whether it's through Medicaid expansion, but somehow, some way, we have to get smart people in the, in the, uh, together to determine logistically how can we make sure that everyone has access to quality health care services at an affordable price. With the, the health care costs and so forth, uh, I think you mentioned something that triggered, triggered something in my mind. Is, it, is all this just because of all of us baby boomers who are, who are coming along and getting older? Is it, are we to blame for all of this? Well, it's probably <laughs> not. A great big bubble of people, <laughs> you know. It's probably not the sole reason, but it, but it is one reason. And if you look at the projected health care cost over the next decade, with all of us, again, baby boomers aging into uh, uh, Social Security and Medicare, uh, and we know that older people need more care more often, and so it's going to drive up the cost. Of course, the answer, one of the answers would be if we could get everybody to exercise and take care of themselves and, and eat the right things and not do the wrong things. But how do you get people to behave that way? You know, at the clinic. You can't, you can't pass a law on that one. No, I, I mean, the physicians at our clinic really focus on health and wellness. But uh, sometimes you feel like a salmon swimming upstream because we have an obesity epidemic in this country as well. I, I think anywhere we go in the public domain, uh, I don't know what the percentage would be, but sometimes it seems like more than half of the folks are overweight. And uh, that is, uh, you know, part of our lifestyle, but it really recognizes the fact that we're not into health and fitness. What is it that, uh, what is it that you find most challenging about your work there at Grace Med? Well, again, I, th- I think being a strong advocate to make sure that everyone has access to quality health care and making sure it goes beyond just the scope of care we provide um, you know, I personally believe that God's called me to this work. And like your job, there's tough days and there's good days. But I think through the tough days, as long as I know that that's where I'm supposed to be and that's where I'm supposed to apply my talents and gifts, then uh, I'm satisfied with, with uh, that's where I, I should be. Just what you wanted to do when you were a kid. Where, where did you grow up? Somewhere in, in Kansas? Yeah, no, in Wichita. In Wichita, you, yeah. You envisioned yourself to do this when you were a friend? You know, I had no idea. My dad was a welder at Beach Aircraft for 42 years. Really? And so uh, I, well, even when I went to KU, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I'm not sure I've grown up yet. 
So you were a kid. You weren't dreaming about playing baseball or for the Yankees or anything like that. Though. Well, I did. I, I played at East High, and I was uh, played baseball at KU for a couple of well, years. Well, see, I, I thought you <laughs> looked like a baseball player. <laughs> but uh, I, I found out between my sophomore and junior year there was no future for me in, in pro baseball. What, you couldn't hit? Uh, couldn't hit. <laughs> couldn't hit. All right. I, we've degenerated into a sports <laughs> show here. Listen, we appreciate your time. And there's a lot of good information today about health care and how we're trying to provide for everybody here in Sedgwick County. David, thanks a lot for being with us. Our guest, David Sanford, CEO, Grace Med Health Clinic. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.